Hello again. In this session we're looking specifically at how to receive healing. An illustration that is used is this can be thought of like a board game. When after one person moves there's nothing to do until the other player moves. Each person moves in his own turn. Similarly, when God has provided healing, or any other blessing for that matter, and sent us his word, it is our move. If you think about two players playing a board game, maybe chess, and they're both sitting there staring at the board, and this goes on for ages and they're both not moving, just staring at the board. Finally, one of the players says, are you going to move? And the other one says, it's your move. You see, all the time we're waiting for somebody else to move, nothing is happening. If we're waiting for God to make his move when he's already done it, then we're not going to see anything happen. Our move is to expect what God has already promised when we pray, which will cause us to act on our faith before we see the healing. God doesn't actually need to do anything else at that point. Faith takes a hold of what the grace of God has already provided. I'll say that again because it's key to this whole section. Faith appropriates or takes a hold of what the grace of God has already provided. God doesn't need to do anything else. Rather, faith enables what God has already done to flow from the spiritual realm into this physical. When Noah was warned of God of things not seen as yet, Hebrews 11 verse 7 talks about that, his move was to believe that the flood was coming and to act on his faith by building that ship on dry land. And he was ridiculed for it. Therefore when God says to any sick person in James 5 and verse 14 the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up verse 15 you like Noah are informed by God of things not seen as yet and your move is the same as Noah's which is to believe and to act accordingly. Fallen nature is governed by what it sees, by its senses, but faith is governed by the pure word of God and is nothing less than expecting God to do what he promises, treating him like an honest person. We expect what must be possible with an expectation that shuts out doubt or fear of failure 
and shows unshakable confidence. The most prevalent error made by people seeking healing, including those who are fully convinced of this truth, is the confusing of natural human hope with faith based on God's word. Sick people, when prayed for, naturally hope they will be better. But the natural human emotion of hope is only passive. It's quite different from biblical faith, which is active and creative. It's also quite different from biblical hope. But we're talking about earthly hope, human hope, which indicates an uncertainty. I hope it will, but when we say that, there's, there's an uncertainty that maybe it won't. It is no basis for expectancy. But faith looks back to what Christ accomplished for us in his death as our substitute. Faith rests with confident assurance in God's word, even while it receives no encouragement at all by what the eye can see. The natural person is a creature of the senses. Feeling or seeing the symptoms of affliction, he or she tends to believe what the senses register rather than what God's word says. Faith, by contrast, is not influenced by what the eye sees and indeed it is indifferent to it. It does not honour the natural senses, but draws its strength from the unchanging word of God. If this were not the nature of faith, no such thing as faith would be necessary. Why should faith be needed for that which the eye can already see or the hand can already feel? It's this misconception of what faith is that makes it difficult for some to understand and to appropriate physical healing. The Bible teaching healing, uh, Bible teaching concerning healing is quite simple and it's similar to that of salvation. The truth is that healing of the body and the salvation of the soul involve a similar work of the spirit and are governed by very nearly, if not identical, laws. The key to the understanding of the whole subject of divine healing lies in the recognition of the almost exact parallel between how we appropriate or take hold of healing and how we take hold of salvation by faith in God's word. If we have a knowledge of the faith by which we receive salvation, then by a simple comparison we can understand the exact same principles of faith by which we receive healing. Let's note the similarity between the rebirth of the spirit from its sinfulness and the deliverance of the body from its sickness. Most people entertain at least a secret hope of eventually being saved. But though someone might recognise the value of heaven and may agree that the prospect of being eternally lost is infinitely more tragic 
than merely being sick. This powerful incentive to repentance is not sufficient in very many cases to result in accepting Christ as Saviour and being converted. After you have some appreciation of the awfulness of the disease of sin and express a willingness to forsake it, you still will not be saved without believing that Christ died in your place. Only when you accept the finished work of redemption can you be saved. If you will not believe until you feel saved, you will never be saved. Most of us have known people who have made that mistake. It is only in the act of believing the finished work of redemption by Jesus that conversion takes place. You see, faith never waits to see before it believes, because it comes by hearing, Romans 10:17, about things not seen as yet, Hebrews 11:7, and it's the evidence of things not seen, verse 1. All that a man of faith needs is to know that God has spoken. This imparts perfect certainty to his soul. The Lord has said, settles everything. It is written, is all that faith needs. Faith always blows the ram's horn before, not after, the walls are down. Remember Jericho in the Bible from Joshua chapter 6, promise coming in verse 5 and instructions in verse 5 and then the, the walls coming down 15 through to 20. Faith never judges according to the sight of the eyes because it is the evidence of things not seen but promised. The reality is that faith rests on far more solid ground than the evidence of the senses and that, that is the word of God which abides forever, 1 Peter 1.23. Our senses may deceive us but God's word never does. As a simple example, let's think about a young boy whose father promises him a new bike next Saturday. Faith is the actual expectation that he has and manifests between today, maybe Monday, and Saturday. When Saturday comes and he sees the new bike, faith for the new bike stops. Now real faith has corresponding actions and the young boy, because of his faith, might clap his hands and say, great, I'm going to have a new bike next Saturday. And he runs to tell his friends. The young boy is not afraid to testify in advance that he is to have a new bike. And if his friends should ask, how do you know? He would confidently say, my daddy said so. <laughs> now you have a better reason 
for expecting healing than that little boy for expecting a new bike. There's many things that could happen in the natural realm between Monday and Saturday. The father could die. God can't. The father could have lied, but God can't. The house could burn down with his father's money. It's not going to happen, is it, with God? But every historic case of faith had a well-grounded assurance produced by the promise of God alone and acted upon before there was anything visible. Say that again. Before there was anything visible. Just like the young boy, the between now and Saturday, nothing to encourage that assurance that was visible. When Jesus was at the grave of Lazarus, it's recorded he looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. That's in John's Gospel, chapter 11 and verse 41. At this point, Lazarus was still dead. 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 18 says, Faith looks not at the things which are seen. Just encourage you to say that out loud. Faith looks not at the things which are seen. Faith looks not at the things which are seen. There was no flood in sight when Noah built his ark. In Joshua's case, there's no recorded instance of stone walls falling down at the blowing of a ram's horn and shouting in the past. The Israelites were merely expecting what God promised. They acted on their faith by blowing the ram's horns while the walls were still up. If you like, this was their move. And after they made their move, down came the walls. If they hadn't made their move, nothing would have happened. The whole 11th chapter of Hebrews was written to show how each one who had faith had acted between now and Saturday, if you like. God is so well pleased with the actions of faith that it has listed in detail many such cases in this great faith chapter. By faith Noah, verse 7. By faith Jacob, verse 21. By faith Joseph, verse 22. By faith Moses, verses 23 and 24. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down, verse 30. When everything seemed contrary to what God had promised, by faith Abraham, verses 8 and 17, it was by considering the promise of God, not her barrenness, that Sarah received strength to become a mother when she was past age. These all acted with nothing but the word of God as their reason for expecting the thing he had promised.
It's the same with every case of faith in history. Faith is the link between the spirit world and this physical. Faith is like a pipeline, if you like, which enables the power of God to flow. Faith appropriates what the grace of God has already provided. We saw that earlier on, didn't we? we let, let's just declare that again. Faith takes a hold of what the grace of God has already provided. Instead of listening to Satan and watching our symptoms, we must be workers together with God, 2 Corinthians 6.1, who heals by sending his word and keeping it. We must cooperate with God by being occupied not with what the devil is telling us, but by with the word he sends for our healing. Sometimes, even when we do act on our faith, symptoms do not always disappear instantly. In the Bible, after Hezekiah was healed, it was three days before he was strong enough to go up to the house of the Lord. That's in 2 Kings chapter 20, verses 1 through to 5. In John chapter 4, the nobleman believed the word that Jesus had spoken to him, in verse 50. And when he met his servants, he inquired of them the hour when his, desire, when his dying son began to amend, verse 52. We can see that the Bible differentiates between the gifts of healing and the gifts of the working of miracles, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 9. And the scripture says Christ could do no miracles in Nazareth because of the people's unbelief. But he healed a few sick ones. Mark 6 verses 1 to 6. If everyone was to be made perfectly whole instantly, there would be no place for the gifts of healing. It would all be miracles. We can miss healing by trying to confine God to miracles. We all like to see the miracles. Christ's promise is that they shall recover, Mark 16, 18, but he does not say instantly. Although the healing is a complete work in the spirit realm, this body sometimes needs a short time to catch up. Healing is actually a finished work as far as God is concerned. But we have to take a hold of it by faith, knowing that the work is done already, regardless of the symptoms which we may feel or see. Now this is where we have a dilemma, and many would say, wouldn't I be a hypocrite to say I'm healed when I have no physical evidence of healing? Well, no. But you could be accused of being a hypocrite if you say you believe in the healing work of Christ, yet refuse to believe what he says until you see it or feel it. 
ouch think about that one faith is simply believing confessing and acting on the finished work of Christ according to what is written in the Word of God grace and faith working together Peter declares by whose stripes you were healed 1 Peter 2.24 past tense we do not pray healing down from heaven or persuade God to do what was accomplished at Calvary it's already done what we do is to appropriate or take a hold of that healing in identically the same way that we appropriate or take a hold of salvation. Faith takes a hold of what God has already provided by grace. And I want to assure you that faith is both rational and safe. Faith means that we are confident of what we hope for, convinced of what we do not see, Hebrews 11.1 1 says. We are convinced, of course, because God who cannot lie has spoken. How all-sufficient is this reason for believing? Think about it. Faith is therefore most rational. It is not believing without evidence, but believing because of the very highest possible evidence, God's word, which is settled in heaven, it says in Psalm 119 verse 89. This is key. It is not believing without evidence. It's believing because of the very highest possible evidence, God's word. You could think of it like a title deed to a property. We have to move in and possess what we own, otherwise it will be no use to us. The Apostle James said, I will show you my faith by my deeds. That's James 2 verse 18. Faith therefore is being so convinced of the absolute truth of the declarations of God that are recorded in the Bible that we act on them. What can be more rational? What can be more safe and certain? Faith means to receive the written promises of God as his direct message to us. His promise means the same as if he appeared and stood in front of us and said to us, I've heard your prayer. You see, the word of God is made life to our bodies in exactly the same way that is made life to our souls, which is by believing his promise. Some have prayed for healing for many years, maybe 40 years, without receiving it. And then as soon as they grasp the truth of what I've been telling you today, their healing has come sometimes 
in a moment. We do not have to pray for 40 years or even for one week for the blessing that Christ is eager to give to us now. His compassionate heart yearns to heal us more than we have the capacity to desire it. But we are keeping him waiting until we have the faith that comes by hearing and we act on that faith. That's our move. In the next session, we'll take a look at our move a little more closely. We'll look at how to take a hold of the promises of God by faith in more detail. Until then, the Lord bless you and keep you.